Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. To use my faith and exercise my faith, but you know, you really put it to the test when you step out of the house and you start living on your own and you realize water's not free. (laughs) You remember the day you figured that out? Pay for water? Whether you live, live on a place with a well or not, you're paying for the water. You've got to pay for the electricity to pump the water out, right? It's like, why, how is water not free? You figure that out when you move out on your own. And you've got you to gotta use your faith for all kinds of stuff. Now, you can just bump along if you want, but I've found that it's better to use your faith to obtain things, to, to walk through life, to hear from God, amen? And so um, when I moved from, from Spokane to go to Bible school, where I found my lovely wife, one of the best decisions I made. Um, I, uh, I quickly found myself in deep water having to use my faith for, for everything. Faith for finances, faith for a place to live, faith for a place to work, faith for friends, faith for all kinds of stuff. And I'm telling you, there's something about the life of faith that's just, it, it's just more exciting than just bumping into stuff all the time. Did you know that? It's just more fun. Because God wants to meet us where we're at, and he wants to help us and encourage us, but he also wants us to develop our faith so that we're using them in these things that just seems small on the surface, but it really is building blocks. Amen? So no, no, house, no great house is built without a foundation. And so we're talking about just the foundation, the basic principles of faith. And so Paul is actually talking to the Hebrews here in chapter 5, and these are the, these are the Jewish believers And in verse 12, he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles. Everybody say the first principles. Of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use, reason of practice, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He was telling them, hey, we've got we to come back and reteach some stuff that you have forgotten, that you had let go, that you had, had let lay aside. Because you've got to have some of these things. And he goes, now I've got to start teaching you milk again, and you can't even handle the meat I was coming to bring you. Because they'd forgotten to use the faith by practice. They know about it. Come on, this is happening right now, right today. In our city, in our town, in our state, in our country, in our world, people know about a lot of things and are not doing them. Right? Is that true? It's the doer of the word that's blessed in his doing, not just the hearer only. You can hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear, but until you step out and you start putting it into practice, right, by reason of use, exercise your senses to discern both good and evil, you'll struggle. So there's some basics of faith. There's some basics. This will help you. This helped me when I saw this for the first time. Wow. Faith is simple. It's simple. It truly is. Amen? So Paul was looking to see, one, have you been taught the first principles of God? 
he's looking at this group of people and he says, have they been taught this? And he said, yes, they had, but they had reverted. They had gone back. Then he's also asking this question, are they applying the first principles to their lives? This is Paul, the teacher, the apostle, who's traveling around churches and he's strengthening the churches. And he's asking these questions. Have they been taught the first principles? And if they have, are they applying it to their lives? He's asking these questions of the people he's talking to. And then he says, are you passing them on to others? Because you have ingested, digested, grown, matured, right? Part of the mission of this church, one of the main missions of this church is to help believers to mature, to grow up in the things of God. Because a mature person is, is less tossed to and fro by the winds of change, right? A, a mature person is grounded and rooted in the word of God. No matter what comes, we're not shaken, amen? And so there's too many babies in the church. And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the church in general. Too many babies that the second they stub their toe, the whole world comes apart. Do you know what I mean? Why God? Uh, right? We can't, we, can't, we can't fall into that. That's, that's toddler mentality, right? And we're all on different levels. Come on, we've all been toddlers. We've all been babes. We've all grown. But we got to step up and grow up and, and start chewing the food now, not just gumming it and swallowing it. We got, we got to chew on it a little bit, meditate on it a little bit. Amen? Am I talking to some Christians this morning? Come on, we, got to, we got to grow up a little bit so we can handle some stuff because we're going through some stuff right now, Right? And so it's the believers with a backbone that can look straight on in the face of a storm and say, I'm not shaking. My God is firm. He is solid. He has told me to take ground and go to the other side, right? So it's a different mentality for us, right? But we also have to recognize, are there areas in my life where I am chewing meat? I am getting the the good meat of the word of God and I'm digesting it and I am putting it into practice. But are there also areas that I have let slide that are still milky? right, that are still Gerber baby food, right? We got to get up and grow up, amen? So we got to understand the basics of faith. We got to understand the foundations of faith. And there's there's six things we're going to go through over the next few weeks about faith that will help us get to a place where we will recognize in ourselves and hopefully recognize in others where are they at? How can I help them, encourage them to grow in faith? right? The first thing we have to know about faith is we've got to know what faith is. If we can't even define what faith is simply and concisely, we're going to struggle with faith. There's a whole world full of believers, right, that believe that faith is just believing God will do it. He'll do it eventually in his timing, and I just trust him. Okay, but where does that put us? See, we want to abdicate our, our authority. We want to abdicate our position. We want to step back, and then, and then whatever happens, well, it wasn't my fault, because I, right? We don't want to put it all on God. It's, it's all God. God did it. God did it. God did it. And God's saying, no, I turned this place over to you guys. I gave you some authority. I gave you some power. I gave you some ability. You've got to step up. You can't get God to do what he already told you to do. It doesn't work that way. So we've got to know what faith is at the basic level. We got to know how faith comes. We got to be able to define it, and then we got to know how it comes. I know what faith is. Now I need to know how it comes. We need to know what that faith must be released. You know what it is. It comes. Now you got to release it. You can't just hold it for yourself. It's got to be let go, right? And we'll get there. Just hang with me. Faith must be fed. Do you know your faith must be fed? Do you know that everything must be fed if you want it to grow? 
So there are things in your life that you're not feeding that need to grow, and there are things in your life you are feeding that need to die. They need to be starved out and let go by your thoughts and your actions and your time and your attention and who you hang around with. There are some people you need to let go so you can starve something in your life that needs to be the dead weed in the garden that's plucked out and burned in the fire, right? So what you feed grows, what you starve dies. Faith must be fed. If your faith is not being fed, it's not growing. It's not gonna happen. Everybody okay? Faith must be allowed to lead. Our faith must be allowed to lead us in life. What you believe, the core of who you are, must be allowed to lead. Amen? Amen. And then the sixth thing is what the faith shield is and how to use it. Those are the six things. What faith is, how faith comes, faith must be released, faith must be fed, faith must be allowed to lead, and faith, the faith shield, and how to use it. These six things we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. I believe it'll help you. Are you guys ready? Now, I'm going to try to talk on the mic and write at the same time, and I'm not sure I can pull it off, but we'll find out. <laughs> One hand at a time. Here we go. Uh, just, want to, just want to draw a little bit of a, that was loud, a little bit of a diagram for you. First of all, we talked about a little bit about what you're ingesting, what you're putting in, because this will, this will sum up where we're going over the next few weeks, so you can kind of see. If you are ingesting, and forgive my non-teacher handwriting, right? Just help me out. If you're ingesting the Word of God, that's the best thing that you can do, is putting the Word of God in, whether it's reading the Bible or hearing preaching and teaching of the Word, right? Putting the Word of God even being read out loud in your ears is helpful. The Word of God is what changes lives. This right here. This is why we have the book. But there's also another thing. You can also sow and put in from your flesh. That means anything carnal, anything from the outside. What you, what you feed on is going to dictate the course of your life. It absolutely will change things. So what happens is when you put the Word of God in, um, it will, if, you, if you put the Word of God in, it will govern, right? And, and if you put the... If you put, time into your flesh it will also govern right it will govern your belief system it will govern what you believe what you ingest what you put in will govern it will dictate what you believe and it'll either strengthen it by the word of god or it'll strengthen it in the flesh what you ingest what you put in because you're going to believe something your beliefs are important and you're going to have beliefs in something or not every single one of you me included, we have beliefs. Atheists, right, have beliefs. It's technically, by all definitions, a religion. It just ticks them off. Makes me laugh. <laughs> Atheists are religious, but they are. And, and your belief system does, it does form and, and create inside of you. It does form and create inside of you. Let me, I'm going to use this, I'm going to use a different word here. The word of God will form. Let me put it that way. The word of God will form. We'll use govern, govern another time. The word of God will form your beliefs or your flesh, what you put into the flesh. Your, your incessant Netflix binging will form beliefs. Your uh, news watching will form beliefs. The conspiracy theories you find online will form <laughs> beliefs, Right? we got to be careful what we put in, don't we? But when you go to the Word of God and you allow it to form your beliefs, 
you're in a way better place. A way better place. Because what you believe, here's where we use the word govern. What you believe, right, will govern. I'm going to write it here. It will govern. What you believe will govern. On one side or the other, it'll govern. It'll govern what you think, what you say, and what you do. Come on, everything we do in actions. Everything we do that's an action. What you think, what you say, and what you do. The word of God is either going to form beliefs for you to help govern what you think, say, or do, or you're going to sow to your flesh. You're going to sow to carnality. You're going to sow to the world. And it's going to form beliefs in you that will govern what you think, say, and do. It absolutely works like this. This is why it's so important that we're intentional about what we put in. Right? I'm not saying not to pay attention to what's going on in the world. We need to know what's going on in the world. I think there's value in that so we know how to pray, how to believe. So we're paying attention to the signs and the seasons and the signals that are in the earth that Jesus is about to return. Right? I'm just saying don't deep dive so far down the rabbit hole right, where you pass Alice on the way to Wonderland. That, that you're, in a, you're in a place where you can't even minister to people because you're so freaked out, right? And there are people you need to minister to because you have the life of God on the inside of you. And if you feed the life of God on the inside of you, it will form beliefs in you that will govern how you think and what you say and what you do around the people that are in your sphere, that you're called to, right? Because if all you talk about around the water cooler is, oh, did you hear about the military coup? Right? If that's all you talk about, you're missing opportunity to reach people. Right? And it's easy. It's easy to get sucked into these holes. So let's just go over to the word side, and we'll talk a little bit about faith. But know that this is happening no matter where you're at on the scale. This is happening to you right now. You're either, you're either forming a belief that's based on the word of God, and it's governing in the proper way how you think, what you speak, and how you act. Or, right? You're sowing somewhere else, and it is, it is forming beliefs, and it is governing how you think, how you speak, and how you act. Everybody okay with that? <laughs> Turn to Mark chapter 5 with me. Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got to get the idea in our head, that our faith matters. What we believe, it matters. Jesus said in Mark 5.34, 5.34, he said to this woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. In Matthew 9, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when they had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Are you seeing a pattern here? There's something about our faith. What we believe. There's something about what we believe that makes a difference in receiving from God. In Matthew 15, this is the uh, children is the healing bread verse, right? Where the woman comes to him. She's a Syrophoenician woman. She's not Jewish, but her daughter's sick. She comes to Jesus and she's like, Jesus, I need, I need healing for my daughter. And he says, it's not good for the for the children to be fed, or the, for the dogs to be fed from the children's bread, right? He, it sounds pretty, 
pretty rough. Like, why would I give you this? And she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from their master's table. And he says to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Uh, Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that hour. There's something about when Jesus points out what faith is, what it looks like, that should be telling to us that our faith matters. What you believe matters. Amen? He says it again in Mark chapter 10. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And and he immediately received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And then again, Jesus said, and this is Luke 17, another verse says, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. It's interesting to, to look at scripture and read the Bible. And you would think that a lot of folks read these verses differently by the way they believe, right? They put everything on God. It's like Jesus said, oh woman, my faith has made you well, right? Great is my faith, my faith has made you well. Jesus never said that. He spoke to them and said, great is your faith. Your faith has made you well. There's something about us believing that's important, right? We cannot put it all on God. We can't do it. We can't do it. So our faith can accomplish some things, right? Just laying some groundwork. Our faith can accomplish some things. Did you know that? It is not all up to God. I'm going to say that again. Everything you have or do or, or achieve in life or whatever is not all up to God. There are churches that teach this, that you just blow with the wind and God will make it happen. It's not Bible. Come on, being tossed to and fro with the wind is not Bible. Jesus taught his disciples, set your faith. Set your eyes on a goal. Paul said, run to obtain the prize. There's something about us stepping into the call of God for our lives and accessing things we need in this life by faith. There's something about that. We have to do it. Amen? So why we're teaching this subject is that we stop praying prayers that make us wait for God to do something. I'm telling you, God has already done something. He's done a lot of something, and it was more than enough when he did it, right? And it's like he stocked the pantry of your life forever in one moment when you said yes to Jesus. And now he's just teaching us, go to the pantry and get what you need. It's fully supplied. And we got people standing outside the door of the pantry. God, if you just open up this pantry, I know you could just... You could just make it fall off the shelf and roll out here. He's like, get in there and get it. I mean, I got kids. I know how this is. I, plus, I'm a man. I've, I've stood in the pantry. Honey, I can't find it. It is not here. She reaches over my shoulder. You mean this? Yeah, that's it. That's what I needed. But we can't do that with God. We got to recognize what it is that we are supposed to lay hold of by faith and obtain it and hang on to it like a bulldog on a bone. This is mine. Amen? Come on, faith will heal your body. Faith will move mountains and obstacles in your life. Faith will get your needs met, fulfill the plans of God for you. Faith will obtain promises. Faith works in this life to obtain what God has already provided. Right? There are people dying and going to hell right now. Is that true? Did Jesus die for them already? Did he, does he have to do it again? Do we got to get him to move again? 
And yet they, they are still slipping into eternity apart from God because they have not believed in him who has already saved them. This works the same in every single area of our life. Every area. He has So Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, let's go back over there. Can you take a little more? Hebrews 11. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews eleven thirty three. 33. Now let's go back to 32. It says this, what more shall I say? For the time would fail... Would fail me, to, or sorry, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jathan and the, and also of David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, and obtained promises. The list goes on, <clears throat> but through faith they obtained promises. There are promises in this book for you today. Come on, promises of hope and peace and healing and provision come on that your children would serve god there are promises in this book for you that you and i can obtain we can grasp them and hold them by faith and watch them come to pass in our lives if we know we need to do it but if we sit back in our lazy boy and just say well whatever whatever happens will happen case sarah sarah which is not a verse by the way <laughs> then whatever happens will happen and you got confused people who love God and wondering what's going on in their lives and they are completely letting the enemy just run ragged all over them. So we can use our faith to obtain promises. We see this in Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 as well. That Jesus said, if you'll, if you'll say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, you don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say, you shall have whatsoever things you say. Did he mean that? He did. And he's teaching us that by faith we can obtain. The second thing is, is we're, we're taught to live by faith. We're to use our faith to live by faith. Hebrews 10, 35 and 38. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. In verse 38, the just shall live by faith. We can obtain promises with our faith. We can live by faith. That means day in, day out, you're living using what you believe. What do you believe? I mean, we've got to ask ourselves these on a regular basis. What do I believe about the word of God? What do I believe about the character of my heavenly father? What do I believe about the character of the son of the living God, the captain of my salvation, the master, the head of the church? What do I believe about him? What do I believe about the Holy Spirit and his work in my life? What do I believe about what the word says about me and who I am in Christ, that there is no guilt and no shame anymore? What do I believe? Day in and day out, we ask ourselves these questions because we can live by the answers to those questions. Faith is also used to walk by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Just another way of saying live by faith, right? Everything you walk out and do, everything you walk out and do, you can do it by faith. We, we are designed and destined to live an extraordinary life. If you, you cannot honestly say your life is not yet extraordinary. If you can say that, my life is not yet extraordinary, it can be. But it's going to be a shaking in your flesh. 
Because your flesh likes comfortable, right? That's why we got recliners and pillow top mattresses and heated seats in our car. We like to be comfortable. But your flesh is going to be uncomfortable following faith, following the Lord, because he's not going to give you all the answers in the front end. Get in the boat and go to the other side. Oh, that's a long ways. My back's kind of tired. Right? Hebrews 11, 6 says, we please God with our faith. Because why? It says it's impossible to please him without faith. So the converse of that is, we can please God with our faith. That means God looks at his kids, you and I, who he has adopted into the family of God, and he either looks at us and is pleased by how we're using our faith, or we're not. I want to please God with my faith. I want to show him I trust what he said, and I'm believing him, and I'm believing his word and standing on it. Amen? Because if it's impossible to please God without faith, then with faith it is more than possible. He can be pleased with us. Don't you want God to be pleased with you? I mean, when you know God's pleased with you, come on, it makes life so good. Nobody can rattle your cage. Nobody can mess with you. Even that coworker that drives you nuts. They just don't bother you anymore because I'm pleasing my Heavenly Father. And what, what gets better than that? Mm, thank you, Lord. And the last thing is we're protecting ourselves with our faith. We protect ourselves with our faith. Faith, the faith shield. He, in Ephesians chapter 6, that is designed. A shield is a, is a designed tool of weaponry for protection, right? So your faith can actually guard and keep you and protect you. And we're going to go through all of these. Not today. Everybody take a deep breath. We don't have that much time. So if you're going to take up the shield of faith, if you're going to grab it, take hold of it, you've got to know what it looks like, right? If you're going to use faith, you've got to know what it is. You've got to understand, at least on the basic level, what is faith? Right? Is that true? I mean, if Sage asked me to go into the barn and grab something for him, if I don't know what that tool is, he better describe it. Otherwise, I'm not going to come back with the right thing. i got a five-year-old. She loves to help with tools. And I test her because she's just, she's five. She's just learning numbers, right? And so I'll test her and I'll, I'll give her the right terminology and I'll kind of describe it. But she doesn't always come back with the right thing, right? So sometimes I'll just real technical, hey, grab me a 7 sixteenths wrench. She has no idea what a wrench is. So I get a screwdriver. Nope, that's the wrong drawer. You got to go two drawers down and then you're looking for a seven and then a dash and a one six. And she goes in there and she digs. She's brought it back to me once or twice, the right one. But you got to know what you're looking for if you're going to go, you're going to go looking for it, right? So let's find out what that is, amen? Let's start with what faith is. Thank you, Lord. The definition of faith, Strong's definition of faith is a persuasion. It's a persuasion. Strong's definition of the word faith is a persuasion. Vine's definition of faith, these are both Bible commentary definition, Bible definition uh, resources. Vine's definition is a firm persuasion. So they take it to another level. Strong says it's a persuasion. Vine says it's a firm persuasion. It means you're, you are convinced, you're set, this is right. This is right. In Romans 4, 20 and 21, Abraham, it says Abraham was strengthened in faith, being fully convinced. 
God had fully convinced Abraham that even as an old guy, he was going to father a child. God is able to do it. You strengthen in faith, being fully convinced. Another Vine's definition of faith is it's a conviction. Faith is a conviction based on what you have heard. A conviction based on what you have heard. Well, we're applying this to our lives all the time. Aren't we? We're applying this all the time. Anybody ever pay taxes? Half of you, y'all are going to jail. Okay. <laughs> so there are times when, when you pay taxes, right? And, and you either finish the form or your accountant will say, hey, you're getting a refund and here's the amount. Okay. Right? I'm firmly convinced that that money's coming in the mail on occasion, right? I don't get it every year, but, you know, once in a while. <laughs> right? It's, there's something about when you believe something enough, you're firmly convinced that it's happening, right? There are sources in this life that we can trust that, that do what they say. That's a conviction based on what you've heard. Faith is simply, it's boiled down to one simple word. Faith is simply what you believe. Faith is simply what you believe. It's a belief, right? We use this word faith and we think it's just this some hyper-biblical word. Faith is simply what you believe. Right? When, you, when you walk in the house and you flip the light switch on, you don't even give it another thought. You expect the light to come on. And when it doesn't, right, we change the bulb. True? Or the fixture. Like, there's something that's not happening because I know the electricity's in the switch. And it's worked for a decade. True? There's just something about being that automatic with God that this works. It's simply what you believe. And you don't have to understand how it all turns on and how it's all connected and how it runs back to the power company. You don't have to understand all that. Sometimes we just trust God because he said it. Faith is simply what you believe. Is that true? Thank you, Lord. Chris, help me out for a second. Will you stand up for just a minute? You can just stay there. You don't have to come up here and hold me or anything. Just stay there. Let me, why don't you tell us what town, when you were little, what town you were raised in? And do you remember, do you kind of remember the house that you used to live in? What, what color was it? Green, okay, good. So green, what do you remember? Do you happen to remember the address? It's tricky. You know how to get there, but not the address. Could you, could you easily and quickly describe how to get there from maybe downtown? Yeah? Like two rights to left? Beat Road, right? So do you have, do you have any neighbors around there that you remember? Yeah, oh, great. A family. Awesome. Yeah, and they all live close. <laughs> do you remember the school you went to? Do you remember the name of it? In Meadowbrook, right. And then what about your parents' names? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Can you tell everybody else because they don't, they don't know? Yeah. Tammy, and then what about your grandparents? Yeah. They live there close? Yeah? Lowell and Eileen. So in just a couple of minutes of asking Chris where he lived, where he's from, kind of making a description, we can kind of see it in our head, and then we just assign him some trust, don't we? Thanks, you can sit down. Don't we assign him a little bit of trust? I mean, 
you know, just coming off the cuff with a greenhouse and, you know, turning right at the, what, the red heifer and then S-curving <laughs> to beat road. I mean, just coming off the cuff with some of this stuff. You know, there's something about just trusting somebody when they just give you information. And yet, sometimes God gives us information and we, we question, you know, we question his integrity. And yet we do it all the time. We can build belief systems in us in a very short period of time by just asking a few simple questions and assigning trust to things and people and places. And yet God's asking us to do that according to his word, his faithfulness and his word. See, a belief, a faith can be built in a very short period of time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? It does not take years and decades for you to come to a position of faith or belief. It doesn't. What happens is, is, when people take a long time to trust in Jesus or to believe in God, it's because they're working through their own mistrust issues, right? And you and I have been there. We have done this where, you know, we had some things happen and these circumstances and these things come up and, and we're working through our own mistrust. And I hear what you're saying, but I have all this stuff I have to figure out before I can get there, right? And so that's why you can have people take decades to say yes to Jesus, and you have others that can hear it the first time and say yes to him on the first, the first time they hear the gospel. And it's a matter of how we're going to believe and how we're going to assign trust because faith is simply what you believe. It's a persuasion, a firm persuasion. It's a conviction based on what you have heard. It is a belief. Faith is a belief. What you believe, what you truly believe. And what you believe, come on, it will govern what you think, what you say, and what you do. So you can find out what you believe by how you're talking, Right? How you're thinking and how you're acting. It'll tell you where you're at. Do I really believe Jesus is coming back soon? Do I really believe that I'm going to stand before him? Do I really believe he's the healer? Do I really believe? These are, these are gut checks for us. So we can look at what we're doing and what we believe. And is what I believe, according to the word of God, is it changing and altering the course of my life for his glory? Or am I just doing my own thing? faith so if we define faith correctly we start understanding what true bible faith is that is what simply what we believe we find out really quickly that we have way more faith than we thought we had you have way more faith than you think you have what do you believe jesus said it doesn't take it doesn't take mass amounts of faith to get things done he said faith is a mustard seed. A mustard seed, one of the smallest of all seeds, could move mountains. Right? So what you believe. So there are areas in our lives where we believe things. We trust. We, we believe in God. And there are other areas where we're, we're not sure yet. But according to Paul in Hebrews, he said, well, we just, we've just digressed a little bit back into some milk. But that's okay. Let's get, let's get back up to speed. Back up into chewing meals. Back up into meditation where we're thinking about the word of God. Now, I understand. I'm preaching to the choir a little bit this morning. But I also want to encourage you that there is something about, as a believer, we just take this seriously. And we chew on and meditate on the word of God. Right? You don't have to read chapters and chapters and chapters every day to meet some sort of quota with God. You don't have to do that. What you do have to do is find something in here that you can meditate on. I encourage you to find something of what you're dealing with right now. You're facing a job crisis or a health issue or some family stuff. Get into the book 
where he proves himself faithful and makes you as a believer, a son and daughter of God, a promise that he will watch you and keep you and protect you and heal you and provide for you, that he is aware of the very hairs on your head. And some of y'all, it's easier to count than others, but I'm telling you. (laughs) He knows where you're at and what you're doing. And he loves you. And if you'll go to his word and start chewing on what he said, come on, it'll build something inside of you like, no, God is faithful. He is just, he is right. He is working right now. There are things working right now. The pantry door is swinging open. He's showing me where to go and what to grab and how to get it, how to obtain, amen? This is faith. So we see in scripture through several different verses, and we'll just look at one or two real quick and then we'll call it, we'll call it a day. You good with that? Well, look in Scripture where belief and faith are used back and forth. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Everybody doing okay? Come on, what you believe matters. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28. And when he had come into the house, the, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done unto you. Do you see how he used the two different words? And he used them the same way? He said, Do you believe? What is he asking? Do you have faith for me to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said, Yes. Then, they, then he said, According to your faith, according to your belief, According to what's in you, be whole. Isn't that amazing? We can see it back and forth, back and forth. Faith is not a spooky word. It's not, it's not mystical. Turn over to James. It's not mystical. It's just what you believe. Hebrews James, chapter 2. It'll be up on the screen if you can't get there that quick. Hebrews 2, verse 17, says this. Thus also, faith by itself does not have, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If someone will say, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? He switches it back and forth. He switches it back and forth. He's showing us faith and belief are synonymous. They're the same. What you believe is truly your faith. Now, there's more to say about this, but we don't have time to go into it this morning. But, but just lock this in your mind. When you think of the definition of faith, it is a persuasion. It is a conviction based on what you have heard. It is simply what you believe. Your faith is what you believe. What you believe about the word, what you believe about who you are, what you believe about what Jesus did for you, it's your faith. It's your faith, what you believe. Now, listen, we live in an age where there are a lot of alternatives. There are a lot of options, right? There are vitamins and doctors and surgeries. There are alternate ways to get money. Come on, the government will help you out. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. It's just scary words, right? There are a lot of alternatives. There are a lot of ways. But God wants us to get to a place where we solely trust in him, right? Where instead of Googling the pain first, Googling the symptom first, we go to him. Everybody okay? 
It's just, there's just something about trusting the Heavenly Father that loves us and cares about us more than we could possibly imagine and going to Him first. Saying, okay, Lord, I trust you and I will do whatever you ask me and are leading me to do. You know, He has led me and reminded me to take my vitamins. Amen. He's reminded me to do that. You gotta take those. They help, why? Because we're not eating the same type of food we, they had a thousand years ago. The, the nutrients is not in the food. It's scientifically proven, right? So he's reminded me to take, take some stuff that helps your body fight what it needs to fight. That's okay, but let's be listening to him, amen? So there's, there's a, a path we're going to take with this faith subject that I believe will help you if you'll stick around. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com slash connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.